What's the game-changing realization that helped you build a high-performing team? That question is at the center of every episode of the HR Impact Show. Every HR professional wants to build a team that has empowered managers, engaged employees, and an organization that's striving to become elite. The challenge is that you're often told to do more with less. We're gonna fix that. Every week, we will feature executive and senior HR leaders from across the country, and they will share with us their actionable insights and best practices that can help empower you to create an engaged elite workforce. Here's the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the HR Impact Show. My name is CT from Engage Rocket, and I'm your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to talk about can HR be the good guys? How do we drive shared responsibility and connect people to the organization and align your elite teams? So with us in the studio to discuss this question today is Kedia Cesare. And Kedi is the Vice President of Global Human Resources and Talent Development at the Atlantic Council. It's a great privilege to have you on the show with us today. Thanks for joining us, Kedi. I'm really excited to be here, CT. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Anything subject matter around people and organizational development is really always an exciting conversation. For those of us who don't know, what is it that the Atlantic Council does? Driven by our mission of shaping the global future together, the Atlantic Council, we're a nonpartisan organization that galvanizes the U.S. leadership and engagement across the world. So in partnership with our allies and partners, uh, we're here to shape solutions to global challenges. And as we know, uh, there are many global challenges facing us today uh, and beyond. Largely, we're here to just shape policy that will uh, support who we're trying to be as U.S. allies and global allies across the world. That's such an important mission. And from my understanding, this is extremely people-driven because you need good people, good negotiators who can deal with diplomats on all sides who can do back-channel communication. So you, ha you really have to be at the top of your game to, to support the interests of the global and American community. The council, we provide an essential form for navigating the dramatic economic and political changes that we're experiencing. That's defining the, the 21st century. So we're here to inform and uh, promote uh, plausible solutions that works for all. Yeah, that's super cool. So when we think about the organization itself, the internal workings of the organizations, all organizations are made of people and people do amazing things, but they can also do crazy stuff in any organization. So how do you go about fostering that level of alignment and shared accountability, shared responsibility between uh, leaders who obviously are closest to the vision and the mission for what the organization does? and employees and teams within the organization and as well as HR who kind of brokers that communication between everyone. Very important to understand foundationally is that at the core of uh, the success of any organization, what's most important is how we uh, treat our people. How do we ensure that uh, the people that we hire, the people that we promote, the people that we have in leadership positions across the organization, um, that they're in alignment with the mission of the organization and that there is a value system that's aligned with the individual based off of their previous experiences, their background, and their subject matter expertise. And tying that to the mission of the organization, making sure that the value system is aligned on both sides. And when it comes down to bridging the gap and creating a sense of community, 
as HR professionals, that's where our subject matter expertise comes into play because we're here to help the organization grow in a substantive way by aligning those values from those individual contributors to the values of the organization that we're supporting. And what's most important is that we're able to establish and build trust. If we're not able to do that uh, from the time we're brought on board as subject matter experts within the HR uh, field, then we really lose traction on our ability to connect the dots and to be people solvers, uh, problem solvers, and just help support the organization uh, in its growth to their next uh, level and their phase of, of development. In, in your particular context, you're almost like a diplomat amongst diplomats. You have to have that, your communication game has to be even more extreme to be able to get your agendas through and to help everyone stay on the same page. What are some of the mechanisms that, that you use on a day-to-day -day basis to be able to, to do that? Yeah. And you, you just raised a good point. It's so important that we hone in on our ability to listen and to hear the concerns of the organization and to hear the concerns of the people of the organization, while also equally still balancing out our understanding of the expectations of senior leadership. So in my role particularly, it's always important that I'm in alignment with what our board, our CEO, and our uh, executive leadership, what they're looking to drive across the organization. And then I serve as a voice of the people of our employee base, our fellows base, and our contractors base to help determine whether or not there is alignment as it currently stands, or where are the gaps, and how can we build a bridge so that way the goals that we're trying to achieve organizationally we understand the pathway that we need to create in order to get there based off of where our people are on that trajectory. From grassroots, essentially what's most important is that we listen and we listen to understand uh, the nature of what the concerns, the challenges, and the benchmarks are, and then create a pathway uh, of solutions that the executive team, uh, the executive office, the board can be bought into as well. So there has to be synergy created across all streams of the organizational leadership structure, and then also within uh, the talent pool internally, because that sends a clear message to the talent pool that we're looking to attract externally. So it has to be viewed externally facing that organizationally, we understand what we're here to do, and we employ people who are our partners in driving that mission forward. So give us a sense of the scope of the challenge here, and how do you uh, go about engaging and, and listening uh, to each of them. Yeah. So working at the Atlantic Council, it gives me a different perspective as it relates to talent and to people. Our workforce uh, is globally based. So we have uh, employees that are across the U.S. domestically and then also in other areas of the world. And even beyond that, uh, our uh, leaders, our uh, managers, our day-to-day -day programmers, they travel all the time for conferences, whether that be our N7 conference, uh, COP that's uh, quickly approaching. We're here to not just make an impact domestically, but to also make an impact. So it's just so critically important that we understand the type of work that we're doing and the reach that we're trying to have. Essentially, we have a little bit over 300 full-time employees well over 500 fellows and over 300 contractors consultants that, that is comprised of our uh, people strategy. So in balancing all of those different forums of people, it's so important that there be a connecting message 
in terms of what we're here to drive and what we're here to do. And because we have a global, global people strategy, we're able to do some really great things that always aligns to what our organizational goal is. Largely speaking, CT, I think what's really important is that what we've been able to do so far is to understand our workforce, the generational differences, which is huge, and recognizing that the workforce has largely shifted since COVID. And because of the shift that was prompted not by any desire of our organization, uh, but what's been happening environmentally and just globally, we've had to be very agile. We've had to be very resilient. And in building a strong people strategy uh, and running that as an HR function, we have to understand what those changes are, what the potential impacts will be, and figuring out different types of scenarios that will support our culture that we're still trying to maintain from the old and the culture that we're trying to uh, build and create for the future. What has been the biggest challenge in doing that with all of these changes and uh, having to maintain agility and resilience? What, what have you found to be the biggest challenge and how, how have you guys attacked? Uh, yeah, I think the biggest challenge, especially over these past three years, has been managing the change, the change management component of, of things. Recognizing that some people are more adaptable to change than others within an organization. You have to really have a pulse on who are your influencers? Who are the key individuals within your organization that can help you drive the change that you're trying to trying to, to have as an organization? Connect with those leaders, connect with those key individuals, get their buy-in on what you're trying to achieve. So that way it's felt that this is not a decision imposed on us as individual, but a decision that we collectively made as people of our organization. So it's so important to get the buy-in of, of, of employees. And how we do that is by, one, listening and understanding what their concerns are, what challenges we might face in, in terms of change management, and adapting a strategy that will help us overcome and mitigate those challenges and those risks. And then recognizing that this is going to be an iterative process, meaning we may not get it right the first time, but what we will come from or what we will understand coming from the first time, what are the pitfalls? What hiccups did we have trying to execute based off of our initial project plan? Okay, based off of those hiccups, let's now create that as an opportunity for us to be successful in the next go round. So change management is really a process that some organizations do well or better than others. But what's most important is that in order to successfully create change within an organization, you have to have a strategy. You have to have buy-in from key leaders, key organizational drivers, and you have to check in consistently to see how that change is taking form to make sure that, uh, that we're getting the target. The entire process was designed to hit. At the center of everything that you're describing, it sounds like there's a lot of that active listening component, which you mentioned earlier, where you need to take in where all the different stakeholders are coming from, processing that and synthesizing that and matching that with what the people need and want to be able to execute on the mission. How do you practice this active listening and problem solving better to be good mediators within the organization? That is an amazing question. It couldn't have been more timely. This week, we actually completed here at the, the council uh, our annual management training series. Our management training series, we've implemented this years ago. It's a part of who we are, and it's a part of our leadership development uh, strategy, meaning it takes a continuous effort 
for an organization to curate leaders uh, and develop them into who we deem successful practitioners within the organization. And the best way you do that is through training, through proper feedback channels, and through uh, and consistency and accountability are, are probably, in my mind, heavier keys to uh, success in this aspect than anything else, even past the training. We know largely that training oftentimes during the time that you're receiving the training, but then afterwards, it's the applied learning that allows it to stick long-term. And in order for training in terms of active listening to stick long-term, there has to be a systematic structure in place within the organization that shows that active listening, just for an example, is a core competency and a core component to the success of the individual tied to their performance and, the, and residually the success of the organization. And a part of that training that we've completed this year leads us into where we're actively at right now, which is our year-end review process, our annual review process. And in addition to us administering uh, this process, what we're also additionally providing is more training to help leaders understand how to navigate these uh, types of conversations during this period. And CTA, I'm, I'm sure you largely know this as most HR practitioners do as well. Annual reviews, mid-year reviews are probably the hardest time for leaders and managers because it's during that period where managers and leaders oftentimes have to give the most constructive, critical, and sometimes challenging feedback to their staff. And it's not always easy for them to do that if they haven't learned that it's okay to have conversations that aren't always positive. It's okay to have constructive uh, conversations that leaves room for there to be discussion around development, around forward advancement, around successes, and also areas of opportunities tied to weaknesses and challenges specific to the individual. And so creating space and supplying training and supplying a systematic uh, approach to accountability is so important uh, for an organization to have in place those structures in order for there to be a culture of learning, a culture of understanding, and a culture of connecting the organizational strategy to the people strategies. The connecting uh, piece here is active listening, feedback, and then accountability, and more feedback. Organizations across the board, if we're able to get to a place where it's comfortable, where conflict management isn't about conflict as much as it is about diffusing differences and discussing that and coming up with a pragmatic way to approach different situations, then we'll become a better organization where it, there's no negative connotations tied to conflict, no negative connotation tied to challenges, tied to critical feedback. There's always room for growth. As organizations grow, our people grow too. And we need to create space where we're comfortable with having a conversation around growth and what does that mean for the individual within the organization. Wow, it's been a great conversation so far. Make sure you join the HR Impact community where we gather a community of HR leaders just like you. This is a space where top people leaders share actionable insights and practical playbooks. Sign up today as a member for the community, get updates on the latest HR resources and exclusive event invites. You can join the community at www.engagerocket.co slash HR impact. And now back to the show. So one of the things that struck me that you were talking about is that in the Atlantic Council, you're training 
managers across the organization, and even some individual contributors who aren't yet in management positions, and you're preparing them for management positions in the future. How did you get that through? Because I can imagine this is a lot of investment in your people. You just said it. It's us investing in our people, taking an intentional approach to investing in our people. A lot of times we have the tendency to promote from within, which is great, but we don't oftentimes take the time needed in order to prepare individuals to step into positions of management. And so within our organization, what we've identified is the fact that we have leaders across the board, whether they're at the management level or not. We have project program assistants, assistant directors, associate directors who are managing and portfolios across the board. And that also sometimes are managing donor relationships, so external relationships as well. So it's important that we provide everyone within our organization with the tools and the resources that they need in order to be successful in those efforts. And we start that by creating that pathway and creating that muscle memory of what does good leadership look like? What does successful management look like? And here's how we approach it organizationally. So we used to only um, offer management training for our most senior leaders. But again, once we recognize that uh, we have people leading teams, projects, interns, our young global professionals, once we recognize that leadership doesn't just start at the top, that it's developed throughout the organization, we recognize the importance of additionally providing management training to those individuals as well. Well, now we offer management training for individuals starting at the associate director level, um, deputy director level, our initiative director level, senior directors, VPs, and above. Oh, that's incredible. And in the, at the time that they're offered this training, they are not yet people managers, correct? It depends. It depends. I would love to say that we catch everyone ever before they, they become people managers. But in all honesty, it doesn't always happen that way. As we know, sometimes people are thrown into positions to manage other individuals even beyond HR's awareness sometimes. And so what we try to do is ingrain in our managers and in our leaders the importance of once they've identified that one of their individual contributors will now be overseeing a project, which will include them additional individuals. At that point, they connect with HR and then we determine the type of training that is needed in order to equip that individual to carry out and be successful in the duties that they're taking on tied to their overseeing or management of other individuals, including portfolios as well, and external external partnerships too. And what are these foundational skills that associate directors uh, get trained on at, at that very early level? Yeah. So a couple of things. One, conflict resolution, unconscious bias. So that's also important. And that's tied to how we train our managers and our leaders on how to recruit in a way that's that takes into account diversity and in a way that is inclusive of different perspectives. So unconscious bias training, uh, again, complex management training, management training across the board, managing leaders and managing up and managing down as well. And also partnership. How do you manage from a place of partnership and collaboration? These are the different types of trainings that we provide internally. But also, too, even beyond that, we recognize we have 16 programs and centers. All of our 16 programs and centers are different. Recognizing those differences, we also take not a one-stop 
one-stop approach, but we take a more tailored approach to training. Meaning, yes, there are trainings across the board that every leader and every manager uh, within our organization are required to take foundationally. But then we we start to do now, and, and I'll talk a little bit about this um, later, but we've started to take a more tailored approach tied to individual development plans, um, meaning what types of skills, uh, attributes, what types of capabilities are needed for this person to be successful in their role. And based off of what's understood between their manager and that individual, we then tailor a performance plan. We then tailor a development plan and performance plan that allows them space and opportunity to really hone in on those types of skills that they need to have developed and we stretch them. We provide them with opportunities to demonstrate uh, the adaption of those skills that they're learning and we're preparing them. Essentially what we're doing now is we're stepping into a phase within our organization where we're not just wanting to function as a startup, which Having an entrepreneurial mindset is one of our driving key values and competencies within our organization. But let's prepare our leaders for the next phase of growth that we plan on experiencing organizationally. And let's take an intentional approach by taking a look at our high performers, our high potential individuals internally and figure out how do we stretch their capabilities? How do we put them in positions that hones in on on their strengths and their high capabilities and the areas that they have proven and demonstrated to be really successful as an individual and have also helped shape our wins organizationally too. So let's take a tailored approach in defining those key attributes that we need to help develop and hold the accountability glove, meaning as managers, it's your responsibility to have a secured feedback with your specific individual that helps them see that you're vested in their development and you're vested in their growth and their advancement. And in doing that, we are then setting ourselves up to decrease our turnover, increase our retention, increase employee satisfaction across the organization, and ultimately succeed in our strategic goals as an organization. So it's a win for all parties involved, but we have to take a systemic approach to how we're, how we're doing things and how we are really looking at our people and our internal talent. That's awesome. How do you go about being that mediator between building up management, working with them and translating what they have, and at the same time, helping to be that voice of the people to management? What is your secret sauce for being able to maintain trust on all sides? That is such an important question. What's important to me and what I think is equally important to most individuals in the organizational development, human resources field is establishing trust and credibility. It's so important that the people of the organization, the leaders of the organization and the organizational leader all have trust in you and they all believe in your capability to help them navigate their work world. From a executive standpoint, from a CEO standpoint, it's very important that the HR leader is connected to the mission of the organization and is in lockstep with the CEO's vision as well. So from grassroots, having the ear and the ability to connect with your CEO 
having the ear and the ability to connect with the senior leaders across the organization and lending the ear and holding space for the people of the organization to feel that they can come to you for advice, for concerns, and for problem solving. And I recognize that my approach may not work for everyone. I've grown with my organization. So with that growth, I've been able to connect largely with a large percentage of, of the Atlantic Council on a one-on-one basis. So I know by first name, by, by personal ability, I have a real good connection with the majority of staff. And so relationship building, is so important because what that does is it creates the trust in an organic way. You can't buy it and you can't expect it to just come. You have to work for it. And in working for it, what's important is that you create space for there to be connection. And when I say creating space for there to be connection, that means monthly check-ins with different teams. It means bi-weekly check-ins with, with senior leaders, asking them, how are things going? Asking them what issues, what challenges are on your plate and how can I help be of support? What's really important is that I think over these past few years, just given what's happened globally with COVID just really shaping our future, HR has really shifted from being a strategic and administrative support to a people support system. And what I mean by that is we've had to show our people that we're concerned and that we care about them. So now we're at a point where the EQ, the emotional intelligence piece tied to human resource management, is the most critical component of our success in our role, more so than it ever has been. And how we tap into EQ and being more of an empathetic leader is by speaking with the people, speaking with the leaders of the organization, connecting with the CEO on a regular basis. So that way there's clear understandings of the concerns at every level, the challenges and the goals too. Meaning, for example, for myself, uh, I'm always able to say, and even if not just me, someone on my HR team, they're typically always able to voice what's happening in, in one of our specific 16 program centers. So we have a good pulse and a good read of the, the challenges that are there. And then by our ability to get the real-time feedback by the people of the organization, we're then able to communicate in a very um, diplomatic way, meaning we're not sharing with our leaders the names of individuals that are sharing concerns. But what we're seeing is hey, uh, these are some of the flags that we're, that are being raised as a collective across the organization. And here's how I think you might be able to be more impactful if you were able to take this type of approach. What's important as HR leaders for us to be HR business partners, whether that's tied to recruitment, um, connecting with hiring managers and hiring teams at the onset and saying, hey, let's talk through your strategy and how you want to approach this or let's forecast your recruitment strategy for 2024. I recognize that you received a large funding opportunity, which is going to call for you to have to hire three to five more individuals. Let's talk through how to scale that out. So that way, as we're bringing people on board, we are setting them up for success and we're scaling out the responsibilities and uh, the, the deliverables tied to those specific projects. So again, connecting with the leaders, and ensuring that as you're messaging to the leaders what's needed from a people standpoint, you're also equally reinforcing the culture of the organization and, and how we're approaching uh, the different challenges that are there. So that way we're not losing culture, but we're reinforcing the culture of our organization 
And we're not losing people, but we're reinforcing what we're hearing from the people of the organization to ensure that there's synergy, again, created across the board. I love that. We're coming close to the end of time, but we covered today quite a number of different things from change management, making sure that you're actively listening to all stakeholders and bringing their views to the table. We've talked a lot about building up managers, people leaders, even before they are in the job. So being that proactive people developer. And then now we're talking, we've just covered what it takes to reinforce culture, what it takes to create space for different points of view and, and, and different needs in the organization. This is all great stuff, Caddy. It, if people want to find you to talk a little bit more about some of these issues, what's the best way for them to do? Oh, I welcome any, everyone connecting with me on LinkedIn. I have an active LinkedIn page. And of course, if there's any questions or just for a, a quick conversation, I'm always happy to connect uh, with others in the same space, recognizing that we're all trying to navigate how to uh, shape our organization in a way that is productive, that is taken into account our people and is also driving forward the mission of our organizations. If ever there's a desire to connect, LinkedIn would be the best place to find. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show today, Caddy. And all of you who are listening, thanks so much for listening. I hope you found this useful. And head on over to www.engagerocket.co slash hrimpact to check out this episode and other resources for our impact community. And do feel free to join that community for more insight. It's been wonderful speaking with you today. My name has been CP. And thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HR Impact Show. We hope you liked the conversation. Don't forget to continue supporting us by joining the HR Impact community. You can find the community at www.engagerocket.co slash HR Impact. Tune in next time where we'll have another guest who's going to share with us the game-changing insights that help them build high-performing teams.